I think when you are fairly new in your business or starting out in your business, it, it's really difficult to confess to your niche because that means you're turning down work from anybody outside that. Making conversations about targeting ideal clients count. Sometimes you have to work quite hard to find these things out about people. So, so yeah, it makes sense to start with their sector, somebody's sector, because yeah. that's an easy thing to check. Welcome back to Making Conversations Count. In this episode, I am delighted to have Jenny Proctor back with me. I work with Jenny on an ongoing basis and we really do struggle with some of the jargon out there. Now, we're both sales and marketing professionals in the industry for, I don't know, 30 odd years each. And we get really frustrated with the jargon. So in this episode, you'll hear why we lead with shared values and put people first. Shall we? We're making conversations about targeting your ideal clients count. Back in the studio with me is one of my very first guests and good friends, Jenny Proctor of Bonfield Marketing. Hello, Jenny. This is very nice, isn't it, to have a catch-up like this? Well, yes, and, and yeah. since moving to Scotland, I don't get to see you at the coffee shop round the corner. And I think our last in-person was at the Podcast Awards last year, where you came and, and were my sensible adult. Yes, I'd forgotten that that's why I was supposed to be there. But uh, yes, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? From the concept of the podcast and me wanting to talk to business leaders, I know how good you are because we actually work together on an ongoing basis anyway. So I'm a little bit biased really about how great you are. But there was sort of a mission sort of came to me about the show that I wanted to address a few things so that listeners could go on a little bit of a journey with us. So last episode was all about numbers. So that was about money and it was about your time and your effort into things. And do you know how much time and effort and money you may need to spend so that you can earn the right kind of money? So it seemed to fit rather nicely to get you to come back and talk with us about what I feel is the next step then, which is, well, who should you be working with? And that come, what do we hear it? Customer value proposition, we hear all sorts of different marketing jargon, but ultimately it does come down to your cost, volume, profit. And I remember that conversation that we had at the podcast awards last year where you went, well, Wendy, when are you going to start making some money? I didn't say that. And there may have been wine involved in my defence. <laughs> well, that's that's certainly what I heard afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> She's right, you know, she's right. There's clearly something in a way that you talked to me that I know will also resonate with other people who are perhaps struggling with this. Everybody that's got a business or is looking to start a business kind of knows what it is that they're going to be doing, don't they? But it's perhaps not so clear as to who that is for. And I talk about it in, in terms of cost, volume and profit because that comes down to, to remembering the numbers, really. But I think it needs to go one step further than that as to, well, who is it that's going to buy from me? And I work a lot with small businesses 
where there are very many other people doing the same thing. So some of my clients are professional service businesses. You know, there are a lot of accountants out there. There are a lot of financial advisors out there. There's a lot of surveyors out there. And I think it's it's easy when you are the person running the business to think, well, I, I know what I do because I am, in my case, a marketing consultant. You know, that that's really obvious. But if you're selling your service to somebody who doesn't, you know, work in your sector, I think you have to take the steps back and think about the potential client. What do they want? Yeah, because if we're if we're basing our what we offer on our jargon, that's just not going to help, I think. So I, I think it's always starting with the, who is the client? Who is the potential client? What do they want? That seems a sensible sensible way into any kind of marketing conversation to me. Do you know, Jenny, I have to agree. I've certainly recently, there's this one little word that depending on where you are in the world can be niche or niche. Okay. <laughs> It's a bit like niche, but that's, yeah, yeah, I'm very English. I say niche. Yeah, I'm a niche as well. And it seems it's much easier if you've got a niche. And this is what people say, it's much, much easier. But the reality of that is that it's really, really scary to go after a niche and then discover that actually it's going to take you a lot longer to build up your reputation and brand and to sort of prove this to people in that arena. And knowing the industry and knowing the job title, yes, it can help in general terms, but sometimes that can be where people get stuck and don't Mm. then move on and get into the let's be doing business. I think when you are fairly new in your business or starting out in your business, it's really difficult to define or confess to your niche because that means you're turning down work from anybody outside that. And at the start of your business, nobody wants to be turning down work from anybody at all. So I think I think there's some quite problematic things about kind of declaring that. And you're right, sometimes your niche can be as straightforward as saying, I work in this particular sector. I am a copywriter and I specialize in working with coaches. Brilliant. That's nice and straightforward. But then you can go on to LinkedIn or wherever. You can look up coaches. You can find those people. But sometimes it's more subtle than that. Sometimes it's about people with a particular age demographic or a particular in a way of looking at the world or a particular attitude to risk. You know, If you're working in a financial services sector, you're maybe looking for a target market of people who have a particular attitude to risk. Well, they don't put that on their LinkedIn profile. You know, I talk about marketing for introverts. There isn't a box you can check on LinkedIn that says, yes, I'm an introvert. Yes, I'm an extrovert. You know, it's so, and there's so, a lot yes. of people still not actually accepting that they're an introvert yeah. or an extrovert. So, yeah. no, and, and that's the point, isn't it? I mean, it's like my big one, you know, Meg. Meg, she's a copywriter for creatives because yeah. that's her background. She, she understands what it's like running a creative business. So making stuff is completely different to having to look at how to, how do I then sell this stuff? It's making that connection, isn't it? And yes, but I think once once you've said, this is my niche, I think some things get easier. You introduce yourself in a different way. You turn up to networking or you present yourself in your own marketing in a much clearer fashion. So I think once you've kind of got through all those doubts about, about that niche, I think it feels like a big step forward. But yeah, no, it, it can be a really difficult point. It took me years before I could I could say this is my niche. I was probably easily 
five or six years into my business and I was still trying to take any work that came and still trying to do you know, anything for anybody. It's worth pointing out, isn't it, Jenny, that by having that niche, which will be a working progress and you will discover this as part of the journey as your business grows and evolves and you start to realise that who you want to work with comes from the value that the customers get from you as to the joy that you get for delivering it and then where you make your money. I always see that kind of triangle there. Even if you do niche, you don't necessarily have to turn down the other more generalistic work. And sometimes it can be far easier if you've got a niche for people to say, oh, well, you will easily understand what I do then. Yes, yes. And I mean, I have clients who say to me, well, I'm not an introvert, but I think you're the right fit for our business because they understand they understand something slightly different from my marketing. And that, that's yeah. fine because actually that fits. But yes, you're, of course, you know, if somebody approaches you to say, this is my, this is what I'd like you to do, or this is and what I'm looking for, you know, even if they're not a perfect fit for your business if, and, and you like them and you think you can do great work for them, then of course you're allowed to say yes, aren't you? But yeah. um, it just makes many other things, including your own marketing, easier if you can be really specific about what you're looking for, I think. Going back to the jargon, CVP. For me, certainly, it doesn't come down to just customer, right? Because customer, client, it could be your team, it could be your collaborators, it could be your suppliers. This is where it really it comes down to people and values. Because another interesting side of this is, and you've just touched on it, I need an introvert in my business because I'm quite extroverted and I need that balance. There's really little point in having everybody that's the same personality type as me because, you know, at some point it's going to implode. You do (laughs) need that balance of personalities because that's where different viewpoints, different experience can really add value and and more value going back to the values of things. And sometimes an, an outside perspective is really useful. So you talk about Megan, her copywriting for creatives, but she will have a specific way of looking at the world, which might be really relevant with a service business client. Or So it, yes, yeah. it's it, we're not all kind of fitting into neat boxes that we're never going to stray out of, but um, it's a helpful place to start. But the world is not built and business is not built in black and white, is it? So well, I think... I- Just to sort of reinforce the point, I'm working, I'm doing some coaching with a business at the moment and he's a fabricator. So he welds. He said, Wendy, can you weld? And I went, does it really matter if I can weld or not? Because that's not what you are employing me to do. And and in actual fact, it's it's the transferable skills to the business that's that's most important. And from our very first meeting, he was like, I'm working with somebody else. And I was like, that's fine. You found them before you found me and it, it works for you. And he got to the point where he had, in his mind, exhausted what he could learn and went, I'm ready now. I want to come and learn from you. So it, it's, it's important, isn't it, that we can be learning from different people and people will pop up in, in our sphere to work with at the right times because you see value in those people and their experience and what they can do. And that's about connection, connecting with people and personalities, isn't it? That's not about him saying, well, this is my sector and that's your sector and they're not the same thing. This, this is about, about human beings. And I say it all the time about the, you know, people buy from people. It's about, it's about values. It's about connection. And those, I think those are things that you and I agree 
dramatically on us. It's a shared value, isn't it? it? Is a shared, well, that's exactly it. Shared, shared values, I think, are as important as anything else. But I mean, I, I, you know, I, I come back to the point that if if you know your niche, then it's easier to start conversations about that. But yes, it doesn't mean that that yes. you're not going to find. Um, but, people to work with who are outside that niche and that, that could be an extremely successful relationship. Here's a curveball that I've been using in my coaching recently, Jenny, and, I, and I'm, I hope that you'll agree that this could well solve those problems. If you're not sure where to niche, what do you solve? And I think you said it, what do people want from you? So if you can describe the problems that you fix, you can really start with something. So for me, I, I've been joking apart and saying, I help you talk to strangers without getting arrested. <laughs> right? <laughs> it just makes, makes people laugh. Makes people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but by the same token, you know, if, if you've got people sitting at a desk and, and you've got reports saying that their talk time is down, then I will help them get their talk time up by improving the conversations that they're having in terms of some of the questions or opening statements that they're using that will generate that curiosity for people to stay on the phone longer for you to open that conversation up. So there's the solution. I've, I'm listening for the problem, which is talk times down. Or my team is saying, mm, I don't know where we are with that because I've emailed them. I've not heard back. Well, that's not a conversation really, is it? So you're not going to hear these things. So it's it's about identifying those key problems yeah. being able to say well i can help you fix that which is a, a mile away from that kind of marketing jargon that that we yeah that both you and i think are trying to stay away from but yeah you know listening out for for the problems that you can fix listening out for the the attitudes the we said the word values the the challenges the yeah attitudes to to risk or attitudes to conversations or yeah I think all of those all of those things are important and and much more subtle than the well I work with people in this sector who do this thing who have this job title yeah, which is why which is why niche can be really difficult to define because it is about subtleties of human personality <laughs> yes yeah yeah certainly and sometimes just saying oh I only work with creatives or professional services can be taken as oh well you won't want to talk to me then. I'm not in that sector. You won't want to talk to me. And this is where it sort of goes back to the, well, actually, I want to talk to everybody because I don't know who you know. If I leave you with a really good impression, you'll likely mention me when those things come up in conversation because of the way it's, it's come about. Because I've not gone, oh, I can only speak to coaches. Oh, well, I'm not a coach. So I just think it takes a different slant. And then you're starting, you're starting a conversation. Which could, yeah, and you don't know where that that could lead. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you. Yeah. Thank you for using my strap line, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like we've known each other a little while, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, but but these these things are these things are subtle and complex, and they're about they're about people and connection. They're not necessarily about marketing models and textbooks, which is back in the real world. It's all much much more uh, human than that, isn't it? And and this is this is where. And I think you're you're the same on this is allowing people to explore their personality. So that could be like for yourself with personality types, introverts, extroverts and playing with those sorts of things. But having that permission to find those people with the same values as you to work with 
Yes. And you only find that out by connecting, by having a conversation. You, you, you can't, as I say, there isn't a box on LinkedIn is there to say, well, my values are this, this, and this, and this is my personality type. And this is my attitude. You, sometimes you have to work quite hard to find these things out about people. So, so yeah, it makes sense to start with their sector, somebody's sector, because yeah. that's an easy thing to check. But yeah, I mean, finding the right people to work with, finding the people that you enjoy working with that you are doing good work for them. They value what you're doing. Yeah, that that is quite hard. And if somebody is at the start of a business thinking, where am I going to find these people? It, you know, it's not you. It does take time to find, you know, clients that fit really nicely with you. I think, you know, I don't think it's an easy thing at all, really. No, and it does. It it takes time and effort, doesn't it? Like all things. And and I think equally, it's it's about the effort that you go to in. One, doing the outreach part yourself, but the similarly, you know, we've touched on LinkedIn is speaking on your profile and through your posts and your content in such a way that it's attractive or magnetic to people to want to reach out to you because it's something that you offer and it's what they've been looking for. So they feel like they know you when they start start that individual conversation. Yes. I mean, we could talk about authentic content, can't we? Which is another bit of a marketing jargon word. But but it, I think it, it is giving people a flavor of what you're what you're like as a as a human being, it, you know, in all of those marketing arenas, you know, whichever social media channel, whichever marketing platforms you use. I think it's it's particularly if you're a small business, particularly if it's you are the business. People need to feel that they know enough about you that when they start working with you, it's not a, a kind of a, a conflict or a surprise. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and sometimes kind of giving that amount of information or that that kind of flavour of yourself. Sometimes that's quite difficult. You know, I think people sometimes struggle with that. They don't they don't feel they want to talk about their personal life or on social media. And, and, and that, I think that's not what we're talking about at all. But it's turning up as yourself, isn't it? Yeah, it comes down to the positioning of yourself isn't it through yeah. for for that conversation to happen i was particularly thrilled when i was reading your book that is going to be hitting the shelves at some point later in the year i know it's been a big kind of on your list to do <laughs> yes. and and really jenny comes through you know i hear jenny when she's when she's coming off the page to me and i i i truly believe that that will connect with so many people that even when I was reading, I was like, oh, you're giving me homework, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for reading the book. It is a very big step from writing something on, you know, sitting there by yourself um, on your laptop. I mean, you, you've been through this process as well, but but then kind of sending it out and sharing it with other people. And having somebody like you say, oh, your book, like it's an actual thing. So all of those, all of those conversations have kind of helped it become real in, in my mind. The learning hopefully comes from me saying, well, this is how I, I did it, or this is how it's worked for me, or this is a client that I've worked with and, and how we've tackled this particular marketing challenge. So yeah, hopefully it's not, you can't just hear me uh, in your head because, you know, I've been nagging you about marketing for so many years. <laughs> Not just because of that, no. Um, <laughs> it is a big move, you know, you do, you do need to be quite brave when, when you're tackling doing a book. And I know from in, from past conversations that, you know, it can be this idea, it can be that idea, and it's how do you pull all those ideas together so that it actually fits and works? 
And I think you've nailed it, really. I would encourage people to uh, sign up to the for for the waiting list for the launch because I know you've got all that in the planning at the moment because who wouldn't when you're in marketing, right? Well, except marketing yourself is much more challenging than marketing other people, I find sometimes. <laughs> Or it doesn't always come to the top of your own list. And I mean, this is, this is where we, I think we both work with clients for whom talking about themselves in their own marketing is never quite at the top of their list. Well, exactly the same for me. I'd much rather be working on a, on a client's marketing plan than my own. (laughs) But this comes back to, doesn't it? People valuing what we do, that they are not the best at it themselves but appreciate that it needs to be done. So this is where the done for you, the done with you, and all those models come about. And we're no strangers for helping other people because it's much, it is, like you say, it's always much easier to to help market or, or sell somebody else than, than look at yourself. I know I have those same similar challenges, but when you can actually put it into something that is a workbook, that people can work along themselves, you know, when they're starting out. That was certainly my main focus was we were in the, in the pandemic. People were being put on furlough, their jobs were at risk everywhere. And I just thought 10 quid on a book, if you're starting your own business, that will help you take those steps in this particular, you know, topic of running the business. That is where I see your book sitting as well, Jenny, is, you know, it's an off the shelf. I can work through it and I can actually put stuff, you know, it's a how to. Yes. So put, put things into practice and feel like they've kind of read the book and made some steps forward in how they can market their own business. Yes, definitely. Let me tell you about my Power Up programme. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block program. Just book a chinwag. Let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. With every guest, and you know this because you've been here before, I always ask for a conversation that counted. I'm just going to put a little twist on that and say, has there been a conversation that's counted that's led to you reviewing your own steps in, in business? So let me tell you a story, which you, which I think you know because you were there, but also I've I've included it in the book. I've been working for marketing as a, as a marketing consultant for some years. I was still at the trying to do everything for everyone, not really quite sure how to describe my offer. So I hadn't I hadn't found my niche, and I was at a networking event where another marketing consultant was speaking, and she seemed to me everything I wasn't. She was. She was loud and fun and a bit sassy and quite sweary. And I thought, oh my goodness, why on earth would anybody want to work with me when they can work with her? Her name's Lucy. Why would they want to work with me when they can work with Lucy? Because she looks like lots more fun. And I had this conversation with somebody else in the room, somebody I knew and trusted. 
And she said, but Jenny, while you were looking at her thinking, oh my goodness, she's so much better than me. I was looking around the room. So uh, it was a ladies networking event, all the other ladies in the room. And she said, for every person who was kind of smiling and nodding and thinking, yes, this is great. I could work with this person. She said there were other people who it was clear from their face and their body language that she wasn't the person for them. She was just maybe a bit too much for them. Not right. You know, the swearing wasn't quite, whichever aspect of her of her presentation just didn't fit for them. And she said, maybe those are your people. So I kind of mulled on that. And then I uh, messaged Lucy and said, Let, you know, let's have coffee, which felt singularly brave at the time, because, you know, when you're, when you're, mind is saying everybody else is much better than you to reach out to somebody who you think is is that person Um, felt like a big brave step we had coffee it wasn't that big and brave honestly but and we had a really good conversation and actually it turned out we did quite similar things to each other you know in terms of our kind of technical services what what we offered but yeah she absolutely was was very extroverted and that was the point at which i thought no i work with with introverts i am an introvert and i work with introverts and that was the beginning of that whole you know, my positioning, my my offers, my podcast, my book, you know, everything about marketing for introverts has come from realizing that my niche was in direct contrast to somebody else. So so sometimes actually that's how you find your niche is you look at somebody else in your sector and think, oh, I am not that person. I am not that. So what am I? So that was the process for me. So yeah, the conversation that counted was A, the mutual friend saying, no, Jenny, actually, there's space for you in this market as well. And then the conversation with Lucy over coffee, where we uh, where we kind of threshed out how we worked and realised that we were quite different. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing from that conversation that you realised that actually there'd be people that you would recommend to Lucy and Lucy would recommend to you because Absolutely. They, you get you get approached, don't you, because of what it is that you do and you're looking for a good fit and you can go, actually, because you buy from people, we're in a real sort of privileged position to be able to say, I know somebody who would fit a lot better than me. And it's so much more powerful to do that than to say, yes, I can do that piece of work and then kind of bend yourself into something that you're not or do a less than great job for that client because it's not a great fit. So, you know, much, much better to say, let me find the perfect you know, marketing consultant for you because I know her and she's not me. <laughs> yes, no. Is is a power is a powerful, powerful piece, isn't it? To to get that realization. And it takes steps, you know, because again, at the start of your business, you want to accept all of the work because you're worried that it will all go away and your business will never make any money. So, you know, sometimes these conversations do need to take a few years into your business. Uh, and and that's not to say that you can't flex and change things as the years go on anyway. So, you know, just because you've decided something is your, you know, is your market, is your perfect customer, you know, in five years, it might be different. In two years, it might be different. And that's okay too. So to all those introverts out there that need some marketing strategy, do please carry on the conversation with our Jenny because she is a real love. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing this space with me again, Jenny. It's been great to have you along. Where do people find you hang out most? I am often on LinkedIn, not nearly as much as you, Wendy, but I am often on LinkedIn. It's Jenny Proctor with an E. So I would be really happy to connect there. And thank you for inviting me back. I think you and I would have these conversations, even if we weren't recording them for a podcast, wouldn't we? But it's uh, it's good to have a, you know, an excuse to actually have the conversation. <laughs> you are, Jenny. It's been an absolute delight. And next time we're going to be going with Fab Tecker. And, um, 
got a special guest. She doesn't know it yet, but the lady who wrote the foreword for my book. I'm going to drag her along because I think she takes features, advantage and benefits just one step further. And it makes more sense. So stay tuned next time with us, another special guest on Making Conversations Count. Jenny, lovely to have you back again. Thank you. What's the first thing you're going to change in your approach now? I'd really like to know if this has had an impact and got you to some form of action and change. Get in touch with me at the show. I'd love to hear about you. And maybe we can feature it in an upcoming episode. Now, that lady that didn't know that she was coming on the show is definitely confirmed. She's going to be coming and talking to us about Fab Tecker. And all I will say about the wonderful Jane Pallister is she has more ologies to her CV than I have fingers and toes. So what this lady does not know is not worth knowing. So join me next time on Making Conversations Count.